listening to First Church Charlotte. Lord bless you, Brother Dewan McCall. good in the house of the Lord this morning. Does anybody else share that sentiment? Amen, amen, amen. It is a pleasure to be in the church with you guys. I absolutely love First Church. This church holds so much significance for me and my family. I committed myself to God in this church. I received the call of God in this church. I started preaching in this church. Somebody better shout for this next one. I found a wife in this church. I got married in this church. I must admit, I love First Church. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks to Pastor Nathan and the leadership team here for having me this morning. It's always an honor, and I don't take it lightly. Brother Dixon, thanks for hosting me. Brother Ed, letting me in. I I love everybody. Thank you, Brother Nathan, for bringing the word. Wasn't the worship team on point this morning? I love seeing so many new faces. That is awesome. Give it up for you guys. That you have a culture that's inviting to new people. Amen, amen, amen. This morning, if you would turn your attention to a single passage of scripture, it's John 10 and 27, and it reads, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. One more time, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me this morning I want to preach to you in tuned with his voice in tuned with his voice God I pray that you would touch this message this morning I pray that you would touch every ear that hears that you would stir in our hearts God a purpose a passion to hear your voice I pray Lord Jesus that you would use this word to touch somebody in this congregation this morning and that you would do the work that only you can do in Jesus name in Jesus name and somebody say amen. amen one of the most beautiful and profound and remarkable things about God is that he desires to commune with humanity. He desires not only our soul, but our hearts and our attention. Ponder for a moment a God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, the God that created the universe and everything that resides in it. A God that is infinitely greater than our biggest problems and desires. This God 
Unlike anything else that we couldn't know or imagine. He's the center of the universe and the celebrity of Christianity. But not distant and detached from humanity. That God, this God, is perpetually reaching for our attention. Right off the bat in the book of Genesis, we see that God desires to be involved in the lives of his greatest creation. He envisioned us. He created us. And he finds immense joy in seeing us experience life and growing in the love in which we were created. Just like any good parent, God is reaching for our attention to guide us, to teach us, to recalibrate our trajectory when we've gone astray. God has no interest in staying on the sidelines of our lives. He wants to be in the game, in our ear, and in our decisions. Our choices and our attitude are often the greatest reflection of God's presence in our life. Hence, the fruit of the Spirit. As corporate worshipers, we often celebrate when God is doing something remarkable and life-altering in our lives. These are the moments when there's no mistaking His presence to grab our attention In dire situations, God will shake the ground upon which we walk to focus and captivate our attention. But let me tell you, God should not have to yell to get our attention. God should not have to shake everything for us to hear his voice. When we first encounter Paul in the scriptures, he went by a different name, Saul. He was a zealous Jew, both a Pharisee and a Roman citizen. He was highly educated. I wish somebody would call me that. (laughs) In the field of Jewish religion and was a strict adherent of Jewish law. In Philippians 4, We read it from his own mouth. He says, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if ever there was one. How many of you guys can say that? I'm a real Christian, if ever there was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. The scriptures present the many disturbing things that Saul did in his misplaced conviction. But Saul is not the man that we've come to know in our tradition of faith. Instead, Paul, the transformed Saul, we hold in high regard. A man that devoted his entire life to God in the form of ministry. 
establishing the early church, planning communities of faith, preaching the gospel, and writing letters to said congregations. Yes. Paul was an example of how God reaches into our lives in an astounding way and alters our lives for the kingdom of God. God literally intervened in Saul's life, confronting him face to face and changed his entire life, the course of his life. So radically impacted by this encounter, he did something that we should all do. When he heard the voice, he made a change. On that road to Damascus, Paul went on to do incredible things that we know him for today. Yes, sometimes God will shake heaven and earth to reach you. Sometimes he will hit us with something so heavy, something so obvious that it's undeniable that it's from him. But as awe-inspiring as it is when God grabs our attention through the miraculous, God is fighting for our attention in our micro decisions. He wants to take residence not only on Sunday, but in our day-to-day. He doesn't want just a spot on the weekend. He wants every moment of our life given over to him. It's not enough for me to take God and worship him on Sunday, but God wants to take residence on Monday morning meetings at the dinner table when we're communing with family. That's where God lives. Longing for a massive majestic move is honorable, but God is calling us now. God is reaching for us now. God is doing whatever it takes to get a hold of us now. He's speaking into our lives even if we may not hear it now. It may not be earth shaking, but I promise you it's chain breaking. It's ground breaking. It's curse breaking. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. It may not be what you want to hear, but God is yearning for access in our lives. God doesn't want the things that are outside of our control. He wants the things that are inside of our control. That's how you know that you trust him. That's how you know that you love him. When we give God the things that are outside of our control, well, we couldn't do anything anyway. But when we consciously make a choice and say, I could do it my way, but God, I'm choosing to do it your way. It's not always in the wind. Although he speaks through the wind. It's not always in the earthquake. Although he speaks through the earthquake, it's not always in the fire. Although he speaks through the fire. But it's often in the, say it with me, still, small voice. God doesn't want to just guide us to salvation. 
He wants to guide us to it and beyond it. Mm. You're not hearing me. He doesn't want to just guide us to salvation. Salvation is not the end. It's the beginning. Salvation is not the end point. It's the beginning of our walk with God. It's the beginning of our relationship with God. It's not the end. It's the beginning. He doesn't want us just to go to salvation and say, I'm good. I've been here for 10 years. I'm saved. But God wants to bless every part of your life. He wants to lead us towards happier marriages, towards fulfilling careers, toward rewarding and not toxic friendships, towards impactful and not dry ministries. Calling for us. His presence is continuously with us. And he wants to be in the intimate parts of our lives. All areas of our lives. Letting him access our daily life is a holy act of worship. I believe that the greatest thing that we can do is live for God. Live for God. Not die for Him. Not just worship Him. Not just praise Him. That's easy. We can do that in a moment on Sunday, but living for him is continuous. Living for him is constant. Living for him is day in and day out. That's what I want with my God. God wants to be involved and invested in every aspect of our lives. Let me pause right here and say that God has more stock in you than you have in yourself. That God is more invested in you than you are in yourself. God paid the ultimate price for you. Literally, God has more blood, sweat, in tears into your life than you have in your own. When he sees you, he sees what you can be and all your potential. If you would just give him access. God wants the most mundane and routine aspects of our life. He wants the small things that you think are not important. He wants the things that you don't even pray about because it's a no-brainer. Let me tell you, just because it looks like a blessing doesn't mean that it's a blessing. I've learned that so many curses come disguised as a blessing. But if you're not listening to the voice of God, you will not be able to tell which one's a curse and which one's a blessing. God, let us hear. We've heard it preached that nothing is too big for God somebody say it nothing is too big for God 
This morning, I'm here to preach the sequel that nothing is too small for God. Nothing is too small for God. There's nothing that God does not care about in your life. He loves you. He bought you. He saved you. And what he wants is to fulfill you in the spirit of God. Oh, there's nothing too insignificant. There's nothing too minor that God does not care about. God is consistently reaching for space. But over time, our hearts become hardened by time itself. By the ease of the modern age and by pleasant distractions that life brings. We can't do anything without him. It's easy for us to think that we can, but we can't do anything without him. We like to believe that I did this on my own. My success is my own. My triumphs are my own. My, my blessings are my own. I worked hard for this job. I worked hard in this relationship. I did this. I did that. But the truth of the matter is you can do anything without the Lord. You can't even get out of bed in the morning. The Bible says that in him do I live, do I move, and do I have my being. It's truly God that fuels us, and I need him in my life today. I can simply put the blinders on and rely oh so heavily on my own knowledge and my own strength but I don't want what I think is best for me I want what God thinks is best for me because his wisdom is beyond my wisdom because his ways are above my ways because his thoughts are above my thoughts God I pray that you would access our lives and shake us up this morning to hear what you have to say in tuned with his voice in Exodus 7 we read about a man whose heart was so hardened that he couldn't recognize the work of God unfolding before his eyes That man was the Pharaoh of Egypt. God had sent Moses to perform miracles before him. Stuck in his own agenda, Pharaoh still didn't recognize God's message and power. He still refused to listen to the Lord and let the children of Israel go. Still hardened, Pharaoh's heart remained. I can only imagine that God reached out to Pharaoh long before Moses appeared. Let me tell you something. By the time we get to the crescendo of God yelling, of God shaking the earth, we're in dire situations. Because God was calling you long before that. How do you know this? The Bible says in Job 33, for God speaks in one way and in two. 
though man does not perceive it. God's trying to speak to you right now. God is trying to speak to us in every moment of every day. God is trying to reveal something to us. God is trying to confirm something to us. But we have to be in tune. This next part may seem a little harsh, so I'm going to say it with a smile on my face. (laughs) Needing a dramatic demonstration is not a sign of maturity. It's a sign of spiritual infancy. It's not a sign of maturity. It's a sign of spiritual infancy. The Bible says his sheep know his voice. His sheep can hear when he calls. They recognize the tug in their spirit. They recognize the voice. We must hear his voice. In our finances, know his voice. In our marriage, know his voice. In our goals, know his voice. In our family, say it with me, know his voice. In my plans, know his voice. In my aspirations, know his voice. Let not our hearts be hardened. Hear the voice of the Lord. It's not always dramatic. It's not always easy to hear. But it gets easier when we in tune with the Spirit of God. It's easy for us to say, oh, I feel God. I feel God. That's good. Keep feeling Him. But can you hear Him? Oh, you know He's in the room, but are you listening to His voice? Oh, I can. This makes me feel so good. I love when God ushers in and takes over a service. But can I hear the voice of the Lord? God, don't just touch me, speak to me. Don't just touch me, speak to me. Guide me, teach me, lead me, God. It's not just enough for us to know His voice. But for us to seek his voice. Jeremiah 33 says, call to me and I will answer you. And will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's the guidance we must long for. That's the guidance that we must be desperate for. I don't want to wait until God says, thus saith the Lord. Amen. We love when God has this crescendo at the end of a service and we hear a direct word from God. I love it too. But let me tell you something. If God is saying, thus saith the Lord, if the preacher is saying, thus saith the Lord, it has been a while that he's been trying to reach us, but our hearts have been hardened. 
He's been reaching in one, two, three, multiple ways, but we have not heard. When it gets to that point where he's shaking the earth, it's because we haven't been listening. I remember when I was a teenager, I was a drummer, and I loved the drums. And I didn't have a traditional family life. Most of the time that I saw my mom, it was on the weekends. I remember in high school, I worked at Chick-fil-A. Bless their holy name. (laughs) I worked at Chick-fil-A. And after school, I would go straight to work. And when I got home from work, my mom was already asleep. And when I would wake up, my mom was already gone for work. So the only time I would get to see her really was on the weekends. But when my mom was sleep deprived, she's getting really nervous right now. Because my mom is a different beast when she's sleep deprived. When my mom was sleep deprived, I would be in my room playing the drums and I'd be going at it. And my mom would try to get my attention. And Duan, and I had my headphones on and I'm still going. She would wait until I'd pause and then she would say it a little louder. Duan! And I would just keep on going. I don't know if I didn't hear or I ignored, but that's, a, that's, a, that's something else. And I would keep playing and her voice would get louder and louder. You guys know your parents did the same thing. They would call you and then they would call you at a higher tone, a higher decimal level. And the higher it got, the more you were about to get it. I could count how many licks I was going to get by her decimals. But when it gets to a situation where they're screaming at you, trying to get your attention, you're already in trouble. God wants to say, don't go there. Like we say to children, don't go in the street. But when it's dire, it's don't go there. But we want to wait until God is screaming to get our attention. Instead of waiting for such moments, we should say, God, I'm not waiting for thus saith the Lord. I'm going to come to you. What sayest thou? What sayest thou? God is jealous for us. He's jealous for the space that we freely give to other people. The space we give to the world, but not to him. The space we give to entertainment, but not to prayer. God is jealous that we depend more on medicine than we do on prayer. When I'm sick, dope me up. But that should not be my first run to. God wants to be the first in your life. He's jealous for you. Jealous that we run to a doctor before the great physician. 
jealous that we desires the media's perspective over God's perspective. Jealous that we trust the word of an influencer over the word of the Lord. Jealous for you. Jealous for your time. Jealous for your life. God does not want to spectate. He wants to initiate. He wants to initiate the blessing in your life. Initiate the favor in your life. Initiate the wisdom in your life. Just let him hear his voice in tuned with his voice God is always calling we just need to listen yeah, that's right God is always calling we just need to be in tuned the story of Samuel's first encounter with the voice of God in 1 Samuel chapter 3 gives us a remarkable illustration of how we come to learn God's voice in our lives the high priest Eli was already old when the future prophet Samuel went to live and serve with him in the temple. Although his sons were supposed to take over the priesthood, they had no interest in serving God. Instead, they treated the Jewish laws and rituals with contempt. And Eli did not have the strength nor the will to correct them. As a result, God was unable to communicate heart to heart with Eli in the same way he had with others, with others, say, Moses, if the musicians would come. When Samuel arrived at the temple, God was waiting for the right moment to speak to Samuel in a way that he could not do with Eli or his sons. God found a heart that was attuned. Yes. A heart that was attuned to him and willing to hear what others wouldn't. That's God had warned Eli that his house would be torn down saying, and I quote, that he would replace them with someone who would do according to what is in his heart yes. and in his mind. God found this in Samuel. When God called him in the night, of course Samuel thought it was Eli. When God called him, of course he thought it was a person right next door. It was so clear. It was so vivid. He runs to Eli. Did you call me? No, I didn't call you. This happens three times and finally Eli understood that it was God trying to speak to Samuel. If you don't know if it's from God, find somebody in your life who can be a guide to you and say, Did, is this from God? Because there's wisdom there. So Samuel... When he heard the voice again, he was instructed to answer in this way. He said, when the Lord calls you, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. We must realize how important it is to be attentive to the voice of God. My hope today is that we would learn 
to open our ears, to open our hearts to what God is trying to say in each moment, in each situation. That we would be quick to usher God not only into our hearts, but into our decisions and into our aspirations, into our goals, into our relationships, into our friendships, into our marriages, into our finances. God, speak. I don't want to hear just my own voice. I want to hear what you have to say. He's calling right now to some of you. He's calling you about the problematic area that you're afraid to give over. The thing that you think you've got handled. God wants to be a part of the small things. The seemingly insignificant things. Life is made up of millions of micro decisions. Decisions that don't seem that big to us. They they seem too small to bring before the Lord. But God is saying, bring them to me. Hear my voice. Let me call you. Let me commune with you. Let me speak to you. Let me give you wisdom. There may be blessings and abundance that God is desperate to unleash in every part of our lives. We just haven't given him access. There may be a blessing for somebody waiting for you in your health. God, let me hear your voice. A blessing in a relationship. God, let me hear your voice. If you would stand to your feet. I want to hear you, God. I want to commune with you, God. I want to be in tune with you, God. It's not enough for me to praise you on Sunday, God. I want to hear you in every moment of my life. He's reaching. He's calling. Right where you are, I want you to lift your hands and ask God to give you ears to hear. Ears to hear what he's saying in your life right now. In this moment, God, speak to me. God, give me a word. God, give me direction. That's it. God, I pray over this congregation I ask that you would give them a word that's specific to where they are if you have a need right now I want you to speak it to God if you have a problematic area of your life that you need God's intervention I want you to speak it right now oh yes God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Before we go into our altar call, if you have a specific need this morning that you need a word for, 
I'm going to challenge you to make your way to the front and let the ministry staff pray over you. But everybody in the building, where you are, why do I keep saying right where you are? Because in a Monday morning meeting, you need to do it where you are. Because at the dinner table, you need to do it right where you are. When you lose control of something, you need to scream it right where you are. So as they begin to play, I want every one of you to begin to lift up your voice and speak to God in desperation. God, I don't want it to be you that's desperately seeking me. I want it to be me desperately seeking you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would take control. I pray that you would move in our lives. I pray that you would give us a word, God. That's it, that's it, that's it. God, speak to me. God, give me your word. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us. Thank you.